This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Tēnā koutou katoa, ko maunga pōhatu te maunga, ko teirana te awa, ko mātātua te waka, ko tūhoi te iwi. Nō no waimana ahai, engari kei kirikiriro i noho ana. Ko Nicola Tikiri, toku ingoa. Kia ora, my name is Nicola Tikiri, and I hail from a beautiful place called Waimana, but born and raised here in Kirikiriro or Hamilton. And I am the founding director of the company NTK Made Limited, or people might be more familiar with my brand, Nicola, contemporary Māori designs from Aotearoa, where we make and create kākahu with clothing and accessories. The reason why I'm doing this podcast is to create a space and to share the highs and lows that I've learnt over my business journey and to help you with your business idea, to help plant that seed and to make it grow and flourish. So join me as I share my knowledge and experiences and talk about the background and how I started my business, inspiration, where I find or draw inspiration from, what are the different products I make and how, where do I sell my products and what platforms do I use. Kia ora, hey it's Nicola and welcome to episode 5 of Ko Tēnei In this episode we're going to recap what we've covered over the entire podcast series. Look, we're going to try and cover everything we've discussed over the series but I can't really promise that we'll do it in sequence because I just wanted to say kōrero goes where kōrero flows. So in saying that, let's get into it, where it all started. I remember for me when it all started was back in Sydney in the early 2000s and I was sitting in my room looking at the walls thinking what was I doing with my life. I was questioning who I was and what I was doing. I really felt lost and disconnected and I was quite homesick to be honest. I do remember back then I wanted to make a change and that change happened when I firstly became hapu and um, having children really had a huge profound impact on me. They changed my world and it was from that point that I thought right let's do something with our life Nicola. So I sat there and I thought what can I do? And I actually do remember writing on a piece of paper, putting it on my wall, that I wanted to work for myself. Now, in that beginning stages, or those beginning stages, a uh, sense of disconnection was really, really strong. A, because I was living in Australia, but B, because I wanted to know more about my taha Māori. I mean, don't get me wrong, we did go uh, when I was younger, we went to the marae, we went back home, we did a lot of that. But there were just so many gaps and so many things that I wanted to learn back then and if I'm to be honest I still am learning right now but it was back then that I decided I needed to come home and again this is because a lot of things had fallen apart in my life uh, the father of my children and I we uh, split I came home I was quite deflated my confidence and self-esteem was really really low and I started to rebuild myself and in rebuilding myself I started reconnecting with my taha Māori and 
because I went on that journey, that was a big reason why I do what I do now because my purpose and my why for my business is about connection and not only connecting to my taha Māori but connecting to myself, understanding myself, self-awareness and then also connecting to Fano, connecting to people and sharing stories and these narratives that I've continued on through my mahi. So yeah that was where I started and I that's where I reflected on and that's pretty much the reason why I became into business. A because I was determined, B I was disconnected from my whanau, from my friends, from my taha Māori and C I really wanted to make something new with my life. So yeah that's how it started for me. Looking back, finding myself, looking at my surroundings and thinking I can do better, I can get there, I can back myself and don't give up. So that's what I did. Now in episode two we covered purpose and inspiration. The purpose or the why of your business, like any other business, is important because you need to really understand this because this is the thing that's going to pull you through the hard times. And believe me, in business, there are a lot of hard times, really, really tough times, in fact. And once you understand that reason why you're doing it, it will just pull you through, believe me. So for me, my why was I wanted my children and my mukopuna to always be connected to their culture and their whakapapa. And like I mentioned before, connection is a really big thing for me and for my business and for my brand. Every piece I create has a connection to te ao Māori and te Aotearoa. I do this by telling and designing tohu patterns, designs that tell a narrative of the different uh, pūrāko, um, the stories of old that we have or about being a wahine or it's about my personal journey of growth. This connection is very important to me. Um, it helps me to reach my customers but most importantly I do it for my children and for my mokopuna. Everything links back to my whānau because I want uh, them to feel a connection again as well through these narratives and these stories and yeah that's pretty much my why. The second part to this episode, I talked about inspiration. More so where I draw inspiration from and potentially where you can as well. I talk, now when I talk about inspiration, I'm talking about the themes and narratives and the stories behind my designs. Uh, I remember in the early days of my mahi toy journey, that was when I learned there was so much symbolism and depth to the different disciplines we have within our culture from kōwhaiwhai to whakairo to tamoko to kākahu they all had purpose and they had a story to tell and they have a whakapapa which honestly totally blew my mind when I just started learning about those things and for me it was telling these stories through the patterns, the shapes, the lines, the colours like everything was all encompassed into one and it was um a really beautiful way to tell a narrative I believed through those uh, things so for me that's where I draw and still draw inspirations from now when I'm talking in regards to inspiration I I use a variety of uh, sources I suppose but the main one for me really is about Pūrāko and these are myths and legends 
I love Budako because I love hearing about these narratives and I picture in my mind what things looked like, what they were wearing, what they must have been feeling and pretty much just the magical abilities, the smells, the tastes that were all involved within that narrative and that story. And I would draw out those things and then make them into, I suppose I'd morph them into a new pattern and a new design that represented not only the story, but also myself. So I create things with what I call a Nicola lens. And that's pretty much where I draw my inspiration from. Now for you, you could draw inspiration from a whole lot of different sources, whether it be the environment around you, whether it's a story that you were once told, whether it's it could be your own story. It could be things that you're learning, uh, things that you see, inspiration that you've received. Uh, all of it, all these different things can be a source of inspiration for you. Whatever it is, it's yours. So whatever it is for me, it's how I do it and what I'm saying whatever you choose to use for your inspiration you know make it yours and make it a really good story tell that story be really proud of it and let that story shine to capture your customer your client whatever they whoever they may be uh, yeah use those inspirations to really drill down into your customer and into your designs or your products and your services in episode three, we covered development and production. What are the different products that I make? Um, why I choose those products? Uh, and how do I make this or produce these different items? And what's the process? Now, when I started producing products, I started off really small. And in the early days, I was making products out of a thing called polymer clay, which is, uh, I think a lot of people know it as Fimo. And you pretty much um, make these, I don't know, shapes and things out of this clay-like material that you put into the oven and you bake it to make it solid. I, I remember my sister actually teasing me about that, baking my products. But um, that's how I started. And from there, I've always um, enjoyed, obviously, making things with my hands and small, smaller items. So I started off with polymer clay and as a natural progression because I'm always a, a curious thing, I'm a tutu at heart and I love uh, pushing myself and learning new things. So from the polymer clay I evolved into what's called resin and I started making resin products uh, way back in the early 2010-12, around about that stage and I all it was really was an experiment and I was just I've evolved over the years because I've experimented and I started off with earrings and then I moved into clothing and clothing was a natural progression for me as well because I've always loved to personalize my clothing since I was at high school I did a lot of the op shopping and um, repurposing way back then um, and I also used to like making my own clothes so I've had a love for clothing and personalizing clothing I, I probably really should say right from a young age so when I was um, developing jewelry uh, naturally clothing kind of came hand in hand and for me it grew through word of mouth I created something for myself 
warped work because at that stage I was still um, working in a full-time job and my business that I was slowly building was a sideline hustle. So yeah, things and products for me have been natural progressions and they have also been about things that I love to do, love to make, or I love um, experimenting and trying in. Because the third product that I've developed over the years was actually lamps. And lamps came from a love that I've had of sculpture, right? Again, right from when I was at high school. Sculpture was one of my subjects in art. So I carried these love for these products, for these things, for these items right throughout my business journey. And as I've moved throughout my business journey, these things have changed. But what I do is I have always set like a benchmark. And what I mean by that is I'll take the earrings, um, I make them to this way, this process, to the standard, to this quality. And then I set that as our norm, as our benchmark, and then we need to improve on that. So that's how, for me, my products have evolved over the time. And how I produce them have, again, evolves as the products do. Initially, like I said, it was that polymer clay that we'd do in the oven. Then I moved to resin, which is a very long process, and it took, uh, gosh, it would take over 48 hours just for the main body of a pendant to be ready, to be sanded, to be molded, to be drilled, and then to be put together as an actual item of jewelry. From then I uh, thought, man, this is cool, but new technology is coming out, and I wanted to get into laser cutting. And I did that back in 2016, started laser cutting uh, products as well. So for me, product has been, or I draw from a source of passion and love, but the development has been benchmarking and then looking at how I can improve what I've already got and also looking at technology and those things around me that uh, have started up that are new that are fresh but um, are also becoming quite important to my product life cycle and I always actually even to this day I'm always looking at what's new what's going to help the business to grow what's going to be more efficient especially in the technology space because technology is evolving all the time so for me that's how I've grown my products and how they've developed for you uh, that could be I would probably say the same thing you know start off with something that you love whatever you love doing you've got to have some sort of passion for your business so start off with what you love and then get it to a point where it's amazing uh, I know a lot of people in business can actually, uh, I think they get limited by themselves and their beliefs saying, oh, it's not yet perfect. I can't really take it out to market yet. And yet there's an element of truth to that. But if you always are striving for perfection, it's highly likely you're not going to start. So um, what I'm saying is just put it out there, give it a go, test it. Actually, testing the market is a very good thing test it and then make improvements so get it to a standard where it's good it's good enough it's good and then test it on your market and then get feedback from people and then develop your product saying oh yeah okay well this needs to be changed i got feedback about that you know just keep building on making it more awesome and then start looking at what you can start implementing around you whether they're different processes again technology like i said whatever it might be to kind of take it to that next level because for me 
And this is something that I've always, always um, believed in and been, been a really um, a big, obviously, believer in, is that you need to progress. You shouldn't stay stagnant or else I think you'll get left behind, especially in this fast-paced world. And you should always be looking at what's the next step up. What's the next thing up that I can do for my products and my development to keep me ahead of the game? So, yeah, that's my little recap and snippet of um, production and development. Once an item is complete or has been made, what are the next steps? This is what we covered in episode four. Episode four was about pricing and marketing. In regards to pricing, do you ever remember a time when you were out shopping, either at an actual physical shop or online, and you thought, wow, this is very cheap? Or you might have thought the other way, wow, man, that is so super expensive. But did you ever stop to think why that product or item is the price it is? You know, did you ever think, how did the seller, the brand or the business get to that price? Because to be honest, I think a lot of us out there, especially Māori, we undervalue and undersell ourselves. And in my opinion, there are a few reasons why. Firstly, it's confidence. We often think, oh man, who will buy my item or my product? for a really high price. I definitely know for me personally that I used to think that way. Especially in my early days, I had very little confidence and I was very fucking ma, or just shy. Um, I actually even remember wearing a pair of earrings I had made and this lady asked me, where did you get those earrings from? And I said to her, straight to her face, oh, this lovely lady that I met on Facebook. Didn't tell her they were mine. But yeah, I sent it to where my actual um, Facebook page, it was crack up. But anyway, I think a lot of us undervalue ourselves and undersell ourselves. And it's because for me, first, first and foremost, I think it's our confidence. Secondly, I think we do that because of the marketplace. We look at other people and businesses around us and base our pricing on their pricing because they're selling... A lot of people are selling the same or similar products to you and you want to be at that level with them. I also know this because I used to do this. I would walk around the market, especially when I was at different events, and I would walk around to see what people were pricing their items at, specifically for me, earrings. And I would just come back and compare them to my pricing. Some things I would bring down to maybe the same level, if not a few dollars up or a few dollars down. But I do remember actually saving some items that I do know took a really lot of time and I would keep them at the higher end of things. So yeah, Marketplace really does play a big um, a big part of your pricing when it comes to that. Uh, thirdly, I think also we um, have a lack of knowledge. When people are starting out, so they've got their products and they think, oh yeah, I'm going to sell these, but they just don't know um, what to charge their mahi at or what to charge their time, what to charge their uh, materials, all these things. They, I suppose they don't really know the formula. And that's what I mean when I say lack of um, knowledge. You don't understand the formula that you need to uh, incorporate when you're pricing uh, items. Uh, lastly, I think um, a lot of us listen to other people's opinions in regards to pricing. And I purely know because I would do it myself. I would, in the early days, listen to people, mainly my friends and whanau, uh, about a lot of things in regards to business and especially pricing. 
I do remember my sister saying to me, oh my gosh, I wouldn't pay that much for a pair of earrings. (laughs) And it kind of cracks me up now because, you know, I was listening to someone that had no idea about business, had no idea about the time, the effort that took to make that product, had no idea about the costs of things. And I was listening to her to tell me, oh no, I shouldn't be pricing my, my product at that price. So believe me, that has all changed. Um, So yeah, I definitely don't take that on board anymore. Uh, However, it is good to sometimes listen to our lovely whanau and friends. So that's ultimately why I think we underprice and undervalue ourselves. So in saying that, how do we actually price and um, get correct pricing for our products? For me, um, I use a very simple model and that's called working out your cost and then adding on your wholesale and then working out your retail. So when I have a product, my product will often have those three prices. And what I mean by this is that say, for example, a pair of earrings cost me um, all up, um, I don't know, $3 in materials, $6 in time. And I say that because when we make Uh, earrings we do batches so we can do about I don't know 50 to 100 at a time so we work out the time it costs to uh, make that uh, and then we divide it up so in a nutshell we've worked out for example that a pair of earrings is $10 cost and that's including our labor our time and a percentage of our overheads and things like that So we get that cost price and then from that cost price we put on a percentage to make it our wholesale. For us it's um, 2.5-2.6, it varies for us. Uh, And so what you do is you times it, times your $10 by 2 point whatever. And that gives you your wholesale price. When you go from your wholesale you do, again you add on roughly 2.5-2.6, it's what we call a markup percentage on top of that and that should give you retail really all you're doing in a nutshell to make it even more simple is you're timesing your cost of goods by four so if it's ten dollars one two three oh gosh my mess is right <laughs> it should be around about forty dollars retail or fifty dollars retail and uh, and you've got to take into consideration all things like if you're registered for tax you've got to add that in as well and some people if you're just doing it solely online you've also got to factor in your freight unless you're going to charge it to the customer so then you don't have to but yeah in a nutshell that's how we price things but yeah just really remember you know those things that I touched on confidence marketplace lack of knowledge and other other people's opinions those can really hinder um, your pricing strategy but yeah, really try and not let them hinder it. If anything, flip those on their heads and use them to actually make a really confident price for your product because you need to get pricing really, really right because uh, that's how your business will grow and that's how your business will stay alive. You really need to price it accurately. Now, the second part to this um, episode was about marketing. And man, marketing is huge. A lot of us sometimes, especially starting out, may or may not think about marketing. It just depends where you are in your business knowledge, I suppose. Uh, for me, I do remember marketing wasn't something that I did initially, 
but in a way I think I was doing marketing because I was going out to events and I was getting in front of my customer which is a way of promoting and marketing myself uh, in the early days I definitely didn't run ads I do now uh, in the early days I definitely didn't pay a lot of money towards marketing I do now uh, in the early days I definitely didn't uh, have a marketing strategy I definitely didn't have a social media strategy I definitely didn't have a content none of it I had nothing in the early days but I do now and that's purely because I want to grow and marketing really helps you a push sales b to get your um your brand and build your brand equity and awareness out there in the marketplace and in front of your customers um it also helps you to convert traffic this is speaking purely on an online sense convert traffic to sales and in the day marketing's helping you and your brand survive and to build and to grow now in regards to marketing what i touched on in that episode was really defining who your customer avatar is or a lot of people know it as your target market um, or your customer persona whichever term you use to define it at the end of the day it's your customer a lot of people when asked you know who is your customer they'll say oh everyone is and yeah choice <laughs> but that's really hard to market to that's really hard to align your product to because um, it's just way too way too broad and you need to know these things so that you're not spending all this money on what they call a spray and pray kind of approach where you're spending thousands you know, thousands of dollars on you know marketing to everyone when very limited people are going to pick up it's actually well researched that if you have a laser focus and you focus in on that customer avatar customer persona target market you will get better returns and that's purely because you're communicating to them in a language that they're going to understand and that they're actually going to engage with so it's really really important now social media are things like facebook instagram and tiktok linkedin youtube all those kind of different platforms now in regards to social media i think you need to well, it's a really good idea to have a social media content calendar and a social media strategy because sales at the end of the day is what we're going for <laughs> so yeah that's a real brief overview of my social media um, marketing in regards to email marketing this is what i use a lot of and it has really good returns we use an app called Clavio. a lot of people might know mailchimp um, those are really good platforms to build your email database in in regards to actual email marketing we roll out a newsletter to our customers every week um, we treat our customers very special in our email database I mean all customers are special but if you have taken the time to sign up to our email database we appreciate that and we return that um, I suppose that gem that you've given us and in email um, marketing you can do things that are called autoresponders these are something that if I didn't touch on it in this episode it's something that I suggest you go off and uh, google and research about because those are really important and they can just be done without you even having to do anything um, autoresponders uh, emails that go out automatically and there has been shown that you can get a really good return and conversion to sales in regards to that kind of strategy uh, 
Um, otherwise, yeah, just do a simple newsletter. Let people know where you're at. Let people know when you're bringing something out new. Um, share stories. Uh, share your narratives. Share, I don't know, the experiences that you're going through. You know, really um, engage with your customer. And this is a really wonderful way of marketing on a one-to-one level with your customer. So, yeah, those are my strategies uh, for marketing and a little bit of feedback about pricing. And here we are, we're at the end of our five-week journey. Thank you so much for joining me on this Hikoi. I really appreciate you and your time. If you ever want to reach out to me, visit my website, nicola, N-I-C-H-O-L-A, dot co, dot N-Z. Yeah, until next time, mā te wā. Kia ora. hey, it's Nicola here. If you ever want to get in touch with me or hit me up, hit me up on my website, www.nicola, N-I-C-H-O-L-A, dot co, dot N-Z. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.